Hello and welcome. Almost 30. What's up? What's happening? It's Lindsay and Krista here to entertain you and be your fashionistas. Yes. <laughs> this is the third episode you're seeing me in this turtleneck. Yeah, we, we batch our content and we summer. don't have a stylist. Yes. So. <laughs> it's a Sunday. I'm wearing a full lip <laughs> and it's miserable. And my hair is in a grease ball. It looks great. It's gray. I do. I have grays now. Oh, really? Yeah. This year, it's funny. Me and Justin both were like, damn. This is last year we got grays. Really? Yeah. Does that make you feel better than me? Yeah. I'm excited. I was like, initiation into (laughs) totally to wizardry. Wizardry. I'm officially a wizard, dude. (laughs) Who is it? Who who is it? My therapist. Yeah. She has grays and she's like, I think I'm just going to rock it. Well, I'm blonde, so I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't can't see see it. I'm sure I do. I'm sure I'm like you, okay? (laughs) We're the same. I used to have blonde hair, but now I'm dark, dark. Dark, dark. I like it. Yeah, it's okay. I like it It's okay. I liked what it was. I was funner when I was blonde. Dude, when I look at old old pictures of us when we were really highlighting it, wow. Wow. No, that wasn't even my worst, I'm blinded. Dude, I was thinking about when I went to college and it was white on top and dark on bottom. Do you remember that moment? (laughs) Yes. Who it led was, that charge? It was the reversed bi- reverse biolage. They were the reverse biolage. Bi- biolage. <laughs> Biology of yes. whatever. Um, Biotechnics. Biolage. Yeah. Yes. It was black, dark on, and then it was oh, white on man. top. Who did that? Our poor hair. Who started that? Because that was um, un. That was so Levine. bad. No. That was such a. Because I remember my hairdresser taking the top half, highlight, highlight to the crit, like highlight. <laughs> And then so dark on the bottom. Wow. Did you ever do that? You no. wouldn't. Not rebel enough. No, I'm not rebel enough. I would get zebra highlights though. For sure. And I was so excited. The more zebra, the better. Oh, I loved it so much. I felt Everyone's so fresh. Everyone's like, um, caramel, please. <laughs> Everyone wanted caramel ones. I was like, uh, caramel <laughs> highlights, please. One time caramel. I had a period of trying to highlight my hair myself with like a home kit. Oh, yeah. And I really fucked it up. I'm and then one that. time me and my best friend, Keelan, told told our friend Danny, we were like, everyone was like, you're good at hair. Got, got best hair in high school. So I thought I would be able to highlight hair with kitchen foil. <laughs> so we, we painted highlights We're using kitchen foil. It's so, it's so heavy duty. It's so heavy duty. And wrapped her hair in kitchen foil with these like fake highlights we painted on her head. We thought it would be like so easy. Her parents were pissed. Oh, God. Because mm-hmm. then you got to pay a few hundred dollars to get a fix. Pay a few hundred. It was so oh, funny. That was the God. thing when I was in growing up, I think until probably I was 26. Every guy I dated was like, you should be a bomb hairdresser. I loved doing hair as well. Really? Oh, I didn't even I like loved it. it. I loved doing, I would pretend I was doing hair for people's like proms and, you know, winter balls and stuff. Yes. I loved it. Yes. As many bobby pins as possible. Yes. Yeah. I would tease fun. everyone's hair. Yeah. I got to college and no one really teased like I teased. So I remember when I did people's <laughs> hair before dances and one of my friends, Emily, oh. I did her hair. We looked like Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Our hair was this high. It was like curled. It was, I feel so bad. We still laugh at that picture to this day because I fucked, I jacked her up in a bad way. I did one of those hairstyles at a a formal where the sides were really slick and then the top was high. That was recent. (laughs) That was a recent trend? No, what was the one you, Maddie's wedding? Oh, yeah, I did that, but that was more the slick. That was more the The slick. This was like, yes, like rocker. Yeah, this was, like mohawk thing. Mm-hmm. Or was that at the time? Yes. Whatever. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. Um, I'm excited about this asking anything. We love these ones with you guys. They're so fun. And, you know, we have probably five or six if you guys really like this one. These are just solos with Lindsay and I. We take questions from the community. And what's really cool about this is that we're going to be doing Ask Me Anythings with our community live in the membership. So if you enjoy these, you can come into conversation with us Mm -hmm. and have your questions asked live with Lindsay and I in our community during our monthly Ask Me Anything happy hour. Yeah. Cannot wait. You can go to almost30.com for more. Shall we begin? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. First question was, do you have any predictions for 2021? Any spiritual mm. world event? Any any predictions? By the way, we're not psychics, so. At all. Hold on. Let me get We psychic. actually have our, the week before we did our predictions episode. I so mean, you guys can dig into actual predictions from psychics <laughs> and astrologers. We have two full episodes with some of the best in the business that are predicting everything for 2021. So highly recommend you guys listen to that. I mean, this is just like peanut gallery over here. Yeah. For me, I feel like my, I and I haven't listened to that episode just yet because we're recording this a little before it comes out, but yeah, I haven't heard any predictions really on 2021. But my overall thought and feeling is that there is going to be a reshuffling of hierarchies. And so that's in government. And that's even online when people are looking to influencers or looking to leaders. I just feel like people are going to really realize that they can take their power back. And we're kind of breaking down the illusions of a hierarchy of power of those structures. And I also think that the spiritual community is going to get really, really hot. I feel like the past couple of years have been wellness focused. People really love wellness. People are really like into that. And I feel like people are going to be even more into spirituality than ever. And people are going to be having their spiritual awakenings and looking for answers. And I feel like there is going to be a lot of confusion within the spiritual community about who is legit and who is not. And it's going to be a really beautiful thing to have people have go through spiritual awakenings. But if you are, it's also a really challenging time. It can yeah. feel lonely. It can feel isolating. It can feel jarring because you know maybe a lot of what you've known to be true is not true. Everyone has their range of emotions, but I think that that's going to be really hard for people to understand and go through. So I think the spiritual community is going to have like a a shakeup. Yeah, and it requires discernment because yes. I think with anything that is quote unquote popular, there will be, uh, I guess, like just I'll, I'll just say darkness, but like fill in the blank Mm -hmm. that will want to kind of- I think it's unintegrated. Unintegrated people that Mm -hmm. will want to take advantage of those that are truly authentically seeking, in this case, a spiritual awakening or to deepen their spirituality. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it requires true discernment and, um, you know, coming back to yourself and asking like, does this feel- does this feel right? Does this feel true? Does this feel good to me? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not, you know, not every spiritual teacher, leader, healer, et cetera, is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And not every teacher or healer is in it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So you just have to have discernment. Even for us in the past, you know, year, it's been interesting to be like, oh, wow, that person is not <laughs> about their biz. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that person is really not a spiritual person in the way that my understanding of spirituality is always bringing it back to why you're creating or responsible for or a part of or a participant of the experience you're creating. And then also 
that unity, that unity conscious, knowing that we're all one and that really this is like something that we're all in together, you know, just two examples. But a lot of people are not really integrated in the spiritual mm-hmm. community and are really speaking from a pain body place or like a fear place. And that realization this year actually made me really bummed. I was like, damn, that is, I, that makes me really, that mm-hmm. really bums me out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like by nature and some this, bites me in the ass sometimes, but just kind of a trusting person. And so like if I, you know, have an experience where, I mean, yeah, where I feel kind of not duped, but I'm just kind yeah. of like, oh, I'm almost bummed about myself because I'm like, damn, like uh-huh. turn up your, I yeah. don't know what that turn is. Turn up your discernment. Yeah. Totally. I've had that. It's just, I didn't, I listened and I heard it, mm. but I was like, oh, I don't want to be judgmental and I don't want to Part of it is loving people for where they're at. Totally. And yeah. so that's it too yeah. is I love people for where they're at and I'm not being better than them. And that's part of it. But that doesn't mean that I need to spend time with them or learn from them yeah. or, you know, have them be someone that I'm like, um, like using as a mentor or someone as a resource. So I agree with you, the discernment. This year is going to be really huge because there's going to be a lot of information out there. There's going to be a lot of questions. And if you guys have noticed over the past year, there's so much uncertainty with everything that people are looking for answers mm-hmm. everywhere. And that was something you know that I noticed happening over the last few weeks. There was the situation where there was a woman that was calling out these certain healers online. And one of the, the healers that they called out was um, actually probably half of them were people that we know that are in the space and, you know, fine for people to express their opinion. But what was interesting was seeing how the call to action was to sort of not listen to them, cut them out. And then in the comments, I noticed people were like, what do you think of this person? Asking this person, what do you think of this person? Should we, should we cut them out? Should we, you know, are they good or are they bad? Mm-hmm. And they're really just giving the power away to someone that like really might have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And no one should be asking, what do you think of that person? What do you think of that thing? Because that's for your own judgment and that's not mob mentality. Like it's not what we should be doing. So in the space, it really is being discerning of like, what is this person out here for? Is it for themselves? Is it for the truth? Is it for something that feels really good for you and makes you feel expansive, makes you feel empowered, makes you feel like you have, the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful. Um, what are your predictions? My predictions. Well, I keep waking up in the middle of the night and I think I'm still sleeping, but it kind of feels, it's not lucid, but I'm looking at my room, but everything's shaking. <laughs> wow. So not to be weird, but I think there might be some earthquakey things that might happen. Wow. And we're in LA, so, you know, we'll probably be <laughs> getting wow. whatever happens. It's just weird. And I don't, I've never had that before, but it's just like this, this rumbling and it's not the cars outside for sure. So I just have been thinking about that. So we'll see. I do think that, you know, just in general, we might see some of the turmoil (laughs) reflected in nature. You know, I think a lot of people have been saying that, but I just, that feels true to me. Yeah. Feels very true to me. I just think that, you know, continuing from 2020, which was a year where I I was getting very clear about what's really important to me mm-hmm. and realizing where I felt very attached to a thing, an outcome, a place like LA, for example, 
I, you know, I thought I'd be here forever mm-hmm. and this is where I would settle, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. But I think just observing where I become really attached to a situation, mm-hmm. a, a future situation and how much more, how, how much more fun life can be when I'm a, a bit more unattached mm-hmm. and also um, tuned into the, the present moment. And the present moment is what's important to me, my friends, my family, being good to myself, being good to my body, creating a space that I love, that inspires me, doing the things I love, you know, like the podcast, like music, just getting really clear about like these simple things that bring me joy, that make me feel safe, that make me feel inspired, help me to grow is what 2020 brought me. And I think 2021 will just be kind of like next level of that Mm -hmm. for people, which is just getting clear Mm -hmm. on the important things in their lives, whether it's allowing, you know, maybe some friendships to fall away Mm -hmm. because they really weren't in alignment. Or, you know, if you're, you have a job that you don't love and you're like, you know what, this is, it's important that I love what I do. And some people will be like, it's actually not important to me what I do for money, but like, I really want to get get down with that hobby that I love doing. Maybe I'm going to turn it up there. So I think that's going to become more apparent to people. And I guess my hope really is that, you know, there is, I don't know, I felt like in the last month, I've just been in such a, like an observer seat. And sometimes I feel kind of the the shame that people put out there where like, you don't stand for anything. You don't do anything. And it's like, I just, there is that observer part of me that just sees like intense growth within all of this mm-hmm. and just kind of wants to like love on people for being in that mm-hmm. moment in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think if we do a little bit more of that, where we have that just a little bit more compassion and empathy, I'm not saying that everything that's going on should have your compassion and empathy, but rather than reacting Mm -hmm. so quickly from a place of being really emotional, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was talking to Joey today and we were talking Mm -hmm. about Twitter and he's like, dude, sometimes I can't even look at my Twitter because every 16 minutes, there's a tweet that's like a reaction or emotion to something. And I'm like, God bless your nervous system. Like, honestly, like you're, Nervous system should be priority over a reaction to something. Legit. Because, or just everyone like take the energy and like do make change. Mm-hmm. Like do whatever you want, but actually make change. And it, I'm not saying that voices don't matter, but it's like, what's really going on here? What's really, what is this really doing? How is this really making any sort of a change? Mm-hmm. I think it is, but is the reaction in five minutes to everything making change, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there is in that moment kind of... You're catching the wave, baby. Yeah, you're you're abandoning... You kind of abandon yourself because you're mm-hmm. just like, let me throw myself into whatever this spiral of energy is mm-hmm. and not actually think about how do I, how do I truly feel? Also, what is real? Also, like do I need to be reacting in this moment? Does it, am I being called to, to respond right now? Or is this just kind of a nervous system to your point reaction to this? And I think it just delays, delays, delays any sort of truth telling between you and you. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah, that was like, you know, one of the questions we had, which was, you know, do we feel the pressure to always speak out on every single thing that's going on? And, you know, I did a post about this a while ago that was like, whenever we're, whenever we're believing that an influencer, celebrity, famous person, whatever, someone we follow on Instagram that we believe has a lot of followers or influence should be speaking out on something. We're really outsourcing any opportunity for us to do any critical thinking by relying on them to do the regurgitation or the critical thinking or the information sharing. And it's just such a way to give away your power. It's like, I only, like this person thinks this way, I do too. This person says this thing, I do too. And it's like, where are you in this? Mm-hmm. Like, where is your opinion and your thought? And I always want our community to always feel like that's what makes me upset because it's like this influencer, this person doesn't have any more power than you do. You know, I never want anyone to feel like they don't have complete power over speaking their truth and saying what they feel and being passionate about what they want to be passionate about and believing that someone else has more power than them. You know, you don't want to continue to give your power away and just believe that all these people have more of an impact than you do because that's not true. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it is, you know, or else you're encouraging basically the echo chamber. It's like, you know, does this person agree with what I agree with? And if they do, then I feel safe because I don't have to challenge my critical thinking or I am part of a group that thinks the same. So I'm never going to be exiled or whatever. You know, there's like a a mentality around that. And there's such a beautiful nuance to following or listening to or being in community and friendship with people that don't always agree with you and Mm -hmm. people that don't always have the same opinion as you. It's it's one of my favorite things about my life is the, the range of perspectives and beliefs and opinions. And I've learned so much from being able to be in rooms with people that think differently than I do. And I think that's what the internet is for, is to really expand our mind. I personally don't know what resharing someone else's post is going to do. You know, especially with what's gone on in the last month, I, I, I trust that y'all are seeing everything. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't know what me resharing says or helps. So I really didn't feel comfortable adding to that onslaught. And I I also like, I didn't feel comfortable sharing a slew of information that like I haven't researched. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, do I think, you know, all these things that have happened recently are are terrible? Yeah, it's fucked up. Period. Banned. And then I also don't know all the facts mm-hmm. and I don't feel comfortable. My intuition says, don't share all of this. Like, we don't know what's really going on mm-hmm. all the time. We just don't know, period. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where where I've been, where I'm like, how do I want to contribute here? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, I always want to be honest with myself. And then I want to be honest with people who follow me. And I also just, I do want to bring like joy and Mm -hmm. light. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that is inappropriate when we are going through some hard times. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think 
it discounts people's experiences. I am more than happy to like have these conversations with people and DMs one-on-one, et cetera. But like, you know, I really want to honor how I want to show up to social media and it is not to necessarily repost for the 100,000th time a mm-hmm. post that someone's created. So totally. Just my Yeah. And it's also, again, like social media, like everyone knows social media is not real life. You know, we all talk about that. We know that it's like, there's such a performative aspect to social media in itself. The nature of social media is performative. So if we understand that in our minds, we should also understand that just because someone isn't sharing a repost of something doesn't mean they're not actively in conversation, active behind the scenes and all these things. So people should have the right to show up in this tiny sliver of their life that exists online in the way that they want and in the creative expression that they want instead of funneling their entire psyche into this like space that's like just incredibly performative. And I just wanted to read this beautiful comment. I had uh, a message from one of our community members when I posted about just wanting to empower our community to really just know that their voices matters as much as an influencer and that they can do the critical thinking themselves and they can do, you know, speak their truth on what's going on. This is from KP. And she says, admittedly, I've fallen deep into the trap of wondering and questioning why people aren't commenting. But this perspective is everything. I know you had access and give your energy just to address the topic. And I'm so appreciative. When I reflect as to why I started questioning, I'm left with the reality that it wasn't even my own thought of which triggered it. It's the words of other influencers stating that everyone should be talking about it. I so appreciate your words and your voice. Thank you for the reminder that I'm a perfectly intelligent, capable being of deciding what I want and what's important to me. And that's the damn fucking truth. I was like, yo, that's the whole thing, dude. You guys are fucking capable of changing the world, having your own opinion, speaking your own fucking truth. And you don't need any fucking influencer who may not be what's real telling you how to feel and what to do. 100%. Oh, that's powerful. I love her. Wow. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. (laughs) Let's do a breath. Peace and love, baby. Peace Peace and and love. love. We're just coding that with some peace and love and the awareness that we're all growing. Okay, so hilarious predictions. (laughs) Anyways, those were fucking hilarious. And I'm going to grow a third arm. That's my prediction. Honestly. Bye, bye. I'm going to hit 100 figs. (laughs) I'm going to hit 100 figs and have a beach body for (laughs) once. (laughs) I'm going to have a fucking beach body. Um, I love this one. Would you like to see spirits or not? So would you like to see spirits if you could or not? Ghosts or spirits? I'm pretty sure I've on the plane decided that I will never see spirits and ghosts because I don't think I've ever, I've seen it. But this is what's interesting is for my entire life, I thought I would see them with my eyes, but you really see things with your third eye. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know that my entire life. I was like, why haven't I seen anything? And I was like, I've kind of, I've seen this, I've seen that, I've seen that, but I've only saw it within my mind's eye and my third eye. And I'm like, oh, that's where you really see things Mm -hmm. rather than with your physical, which you also can see with your physical eyes. Like people have definitely had that experience, but I think it's more so that you have it with your third eye. And I didn't even know that. Yeah. I know. I, I've always said that I want to, but, but I think that's kind of what's totally like tricky where it's like you, you try so hard. Yes. You try so hard and you're right. I think it's, well, I think it's, your third eye, but I also think there's like I get sometimes I get smells 
Like wow. very random smells. Usually mm-hmm. it's like around bedtime. Bedtime for me and my dreams have been really trippy. I know you've had like a lot of dream stuff happen. Recently, my dreams have been wild. But it's been fun to kind of take that dream state. I'll see things in real life the next day that are like mm. from the dream. So it kind of feels like this connection um, wherein I then think I can kind of start to eventually communicate like in the dream to be able to kind of see in, in real life. But I I think after a while, if I were to be like to be able to see spirits, I'd it might be a little distracting for totally. me. Totally. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, why is like a kernel in my bathroom right now from 19, from 1770? Um, <laughs> I think I'm a no. I think I decided this when I was very little because I used to be terrified of spirits my entire life until I got my, claimed my power in the past couple of years. And I'm literally do not fucking, I laugh. I laugh at the fucking, thought of a spirit or entity trying to fuck with me. So I've never really wanted to. I think I've tried to connect more so to aliens or entities, but I'm kind of an, I'm kind of a, it's like, I say that I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. But then I, it's dark in my bed and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Totally. I want to take a nap. Like I want to totally. sleep. So I think I'm pretty much good. The one time I saw something was, um, in um, Palm Desert, actually. I was at 29 mm. Palms, which is really fucking wild. And it was at the foot of my bed. It was this like dark figure that was kind of like a very tall Indian chief almost. Mm. And I remember I was terrified. I was like petrified. And I kept calling in Angel Michael. I knew he was there. And so I kept calling on Angel Michael. And Angel Michael eventually like escorted him out. And there was a psychic the next morning that was doing this like workshop. So I just said to her, I'm like, hey, I just want to know, like, I think there was something. She's like, oh yeah, Black Eagle. He's one of your spirit guides. I was like, what? <gasps> She's like, Black Eagle was at your bed. He had something cool. to tell you. And I'm like, I don't know if he felt good though. Mm. Felt scared. Really? So I don't know if he, I, he could have been back good. Who knows? But yeah. that was the only time where I remember that feeling. And then I do remember in Nashville, we were in Nashville for onsite. I had that visitor. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was Archangel Michael, but I had this blue light that just came to me. And I remember my soul thinking, this is the best I've ever felt mm. on earth. This love, this loving presence that felt like I will never feel this type of pure love again. Mm. And I don't know if it was Angel Michael. I don't know if it was Mother Mary. I don't know if it was a Pleiadian, but I remember that feeling to that visitor. But there was no face or spirit or soul because... Yeah, that stuff is just like murky. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like when it's, and I haven't had an experience, but angel guide, it's like more light being mm-hmm. rather than like an actual yes figure. figure totally. I don't know. There's new on Netflix. I'm not always down for Netflix spiritual stuff because I'm like, yeah, what are you trying to do to me? But Surviving Death on Netflix is actually... I'm liking it. It's beautiful. It's like a nice intro, but they talk about near-death experiences and mediums and physical mediumship and a lot more. But I mean, these near-death experiences are unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. You guys have to watch it. We did two episodes. Eben Alexander mm-hmm. on, you can search Eben, E-B-E-N, almost 30, and then Wade Lightheart on near-death experiences. And, and so many of them are incredibly similar. Just yes. in the 
basic sentiment of they are taken to a place that is the most beautiful, Mm -hmm. loving place they've ever been. And they do not want to go back to their bodies. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) At all. I know. But the their guides, you know, or the angels or whoever they meet will say, light beings will say, you know, it's not your it's not your time. Um, one woman actually, she went up there and just felt so amazing. And she was told that her son was going to pass away before he was 18. And wow. she was like, Why are you telling me this? And they're like, they said something to the effect of just like, you know, all life is beautiful for however long you are on earth, all life is beautiful. He actually wow. did pass away wow. just after he was 18. and um, But she had that experience of knowing where he was going. Wow. And she was like, you know, this is where he's going to be. Like, What a gift. Yeah, truly. But it's beautiful. Dope. Dopey, dopey, dope. Dope, dope. Okay, here's another one from you guys. Okay, this is a good one. Um, how do you manage your relationship energy with your mom? So I did a whole episode called The Mother Wound. Um, about my mother relationship and sort of how our relationship has evolved, how it's affected me and how important the mother wound is to look at when healing and how the mother wound has affected me and, and really things that I've done in my life to really work on and work to heal that mother wound, which I'm really working on and focused on right now in therapy and, and in my life. My mom just listened to the mother wound episode. Mm. Tell me more. She said, everything I said was true. Mm. She was like, you know, everything you said was true. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. She's really changed so much. It's crazy. I do feel like the more I've healed, she's really changed, you know, because yeah, the way that she shows up is completely different than before. But how do I manage the relationship energy with my mom? I think that the way that I've managed to work on that relationship and really change and shift the energy with my mom is first by releasing all expectations of what I wanted her to be. And I think if we think about Oftentimes, as a daughter, our dream is to have those those expectations be be released of us. So I can think about in my life, my expectations my mom had of me, whatever she wanted me to be or grow up as or be seen in the world as. If I didn't have those perceived expectations, I probably would have felt a lot more freedom in our relationship. Same with my sister. She really struggled with the perception of those that pressure. And so I release all expectations of her to be my best friend, of her to be my, you know, confidant, my mentor of her to be anything less than just who she is. And that has helped immensely where I now show up with like little expectation, um, which feels freeing, which feels liberating because oftentimes with family, it's very quick before we get the, we're kicked off into the spiral of they always do this. They always say this. They always act like this. They're always doing this. And it is, a crazy loop that we often go in. So to just stop, if we can, that loop and just try and create that new experience for ourselves where we're having a fresh new experience with them without any expectation, without going into the loop of they always do this is really freeing. So it takes a lot of time and effort, but it can be really nice to just treat it as if like it's a fresh relationship. Mm, I love that. Yeah, mine is a little different. I had an experience over the holiday where I felt like I was yet again kind of taking on what my mom was feeling and feeling the responsibility to hold it, to process it, to fix it, make it better. And I just realized how heavy that felt and how it actually affected my romantic relationship with Sean. 
Um, and he actually like called it out and was like, I know you had the, that conversation with your mom. And I just felt like after, you know, something was a little bit different. And yeah, I tend to, I think, you know, in a past life, we were definitely sisters, 100%. And or I was her mom and she was my daughter. And I just, for you, it's probably brothers. Probably brothers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ours are dead. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, damn, I love my mom so Angel. much. And I think that I have a hard time sometimes, like, just watching her on her journey of life, you know, because she'll always say to me, you're so much wiser than I ever was and I am now, which I appreciate. And also sometimes I'm like, I think you have less fear. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's super wise. Yeah. But I just, sometimes it makes me sad. And so for me, the way that I manage my energy with my mom is to literally after we talk or after I see her, you know, it's always so good and positive for the most part, but I do have to kind of like, kind of clear, literally clear some chords because I, I become so attached to either what she's talking about or how she's feeling or what she's going through. And I think just for me, you know, to be able to function and be in my own energy, I really have to do a little bit of like clearing. I was working with my therapist on that, who's also kind of like a an energy healer, just being able to release that. But then also being very clear because I had this narrative of, yeah, I feel like I'm processing my mom's emotions and these aren't actually mine, but they are mine. <laughs> and the, wow. And it's like mine that I have been kind of unwilling to recognize and process myself related to whether it's a relationship with my mom or even like with my dad or things like that where I kind of, because I've been the middleman for so long between my parents and just in general in life, kind of that balanced liberizing, I, I don't necessarily sit with like my emotions and process them. I kind of take, I feel like I'm taking on others mm-hmm. and doing my part there. But yeah, it is, it's definitely mine and it's mine to process. And I think also just being very open with my mom like very open with how certain conversations make me feel or saying out loud, like, you know, I really wish in this moment that I could solve this for you. And I know that I can't. And, you know, I will be here to love and support you, but I'm kind of releasing any responsibilities that I feel in this moment. And it just kind of helps her to understand that, wow, my daughter actually... (laughs) like is truly affected in these moments when I'm sharing with her how I'm feeling and that's okay. But I, I I sometimes feel like when we are really in our emotions, anyone that we forget how the other person might be taking it on. And so like, mm-hmm. it is just kind of explaining in the moment how I'm feeling, um, which kind of helps everything come to the surface and into awareness. But yeah, it's ongoing. It's mm-hmm. definitely ongoing. And Yeah, it'll be, I've been thinking a lot about like, okay, next chapter of life. Like, what will it be like with my parents? You getting married, I'm sure you're like, I don't know if it changes, but I'm thinking about like when I get married, when I have kids, like what will that relationship look like and morph into and how will 
I see them differently and they see me differently and all of that. Getting ahead of myself. That's that sweet of you. I know. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I probably care too much. I know. It's really sweet. Also, we have uh, Bethany Webster who wrote The Mother Wound or Healing the Mother Wound, mm-hmm. the book coming on. So that's going to be really powerful too. So yep. guys, stay tuned for that one. That book has been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do one more. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> do you ever have to suppress your esoteric side? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was when I was home and for I was in a home, but I was in Florida for Thanksgiving. I think there was just my dad and his girlfriend, and then two of our dear family friends. And they were like, "What do you do?" Like finally, they were like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I have like um a radio show." So I'm like, "What do I? What do I say?" Yeah, what do you say? And they're like, "Oh yeah, cool. What's it about?" And I'm like, "Spirituality." They're like, "Yeah, you know." I took a paranormal class in college and there's just no evidence for any of it. And I'm like, paranormal class? I'm like, what the fuck are you? Like literally the conception and belief that like paranormal spirituality. Completely. I was like, damn, bless. Like ghosts, right? Yeah, I was like, I know a lot of it's bullshit. Like I was just like, whatever, dude. I don't even know. You just like abandon your whole belief system. I literally like, abandoned my, I was like, yeah, thinking about changing it to what What do you think I should have it be about? But it's just, don't care. Yeah. You know, not that I don't care, but it's really like people are going to think what they think. People are going to do what they do. So I think in the moments where I am finding myself suppressing my esoteric side, I find those to be more of the esoteric experience. Because in those moments where it's rubbing up against me not being esoteric, I'm actually having to re-examine and really look at the way yeah. I show up, what I feel. Am I in judgment of this person? Am I, yes, I am. I was in judgment of him. Am I belittling myself? Am I dimming my light? Am I all of these things? Am I seeing him for who he is? Am I seeing him for his trauma, whatever? So those can be some of the more esoteric experiences when we are not in an exoteric experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we've been in really esoteric, in quotes, whatever, containers, whether it's a healing or a ceremony or whatever, it feels too forced for me. And I actually don't always like it because I'm Mm. like, oh, this feels cornily esoteric. Right. Like everyone is trying too hard to be something and it feels inauthentic to me. So I think we can make life as interesting and as beautiful and as spiritual as we really want it if we really just pay attention to it. And I find like the most esoteric moments are like with myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I actually am filled up that way. And then also I do feel like I have the friends and the not really the family, but like the friends totally. that like I can talk to and have yep. these conversations and feel fulfilled mm-hmm. in those conversations mm-hmm. and in that exploration. But then, you know, I notice when I place expectations on relationships or conversations mm-hmm. where I want them to be more esoteric mm-hmm. or more whatever and how that is kind of a, a lesson in itself. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Justin always teaches me that like, he he's really he can be really deep and he's super spiritual but sometimes him bringing light to things is all the medicine i need cuz i am like totally deep, yes deepy deep deep sometimes Sean will look at me just for so long and then just like smile yes <laughs> like, that's me <laughs> i'm like okay yeah literally he's like yeah 
Elisa Romeo told him when he, we did our session that he, she's like, Lindsay's not always going to make sense. I love that. And she's it's like, okay. Lindsay's a little slow. <laughs> you're like, she's hey, a fucking idiot. Yeah, literally. Like, they're like, uh, Lindsay earmuffs. Lindsay's second grade reading level. <laughs> but it was like, so thank true. you so much. Because he's so logical and so in his head that like sometimes when I'm talking yeah. about things, he's just like, that's me. Huh? Sometimes I just sometimes I just get tired yeah. talking to Justin and I just do half sentences. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, don't you understand? Let me, I can teach him how to like you know exactly sh- you, what you're talking totally. about. Totally. <laughs> That's how I've learned that this year. I'm like, you need to let everyone in on the full. You say two words and I'm like, yeah, it's usually work stuff. Yes. And I'm like, about the membership. And yes, you're like, literally. Uh-huh. Literally, I'm like, webpage blue. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we got to redo that copy. I'm like, you got it. You got it, baby. Um, but that's, you know, on the, the piece of suppressing yourself, that's what's really beautiful about the membership. And yeah. a lot of the reason why Lindsay and I did it because we wanted to have a space where people could just let their freak flag fly and just really express that fully because- Growing up in Ohio and, you know, moving from Chicago to New York and finally to LA where I found my community and um, people that I really felt like I could express that spiritual side of me, I didn't feel that. I felt really lonely on my spiritual path. So with Almost 30, we started it because we felt that loneliness. We wanted to help people feel less alone. So within the membership, it's going to be a really beautiful container for people to like really dig in in a beautiful space to be themselves. Yeah. On that membership enrollment closes on January 31st. Yep. So we're really excited. It's going to be beautiful. In. We can't wait to see you guys there. Um, thank you so much for being a part of our community and supporting Lindsay and I and just hearing these conversations out with an open heart and open eyes. We have a few more Ask Me Anything episodes out. And if this resonated with you, would love for you to share with a friend. That's how we've grown. And that's just the best way to serve you know, our beautiful friendships. Yeah, we appreciate you so much. And thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. As always, we just want to share brands and products with you that we truly love and use and believe in. So this episode is sponsored by Blue Blocks, Hum Nutrition, Four Sigmatic, and Kin Euphorics. You can get all discount codes and links in our show notes as well as on almost30.com. Yes. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. Make sure to sign up for the membership if you feel called. You can go to almost30.com. Our new website is super fresh, easy to navigate, and has all the good things. We love you so much. We'll see you on the next one. See you soon. Bye.